Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnout? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up. Then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations. Welcome to today's Control the Chaos conversation. We are going to be talking about end of the year projects that you can kind of use to engage your students. I think sometimes when we don't have a plan in place or some type of engaging type of project or activity, we can sometimes have more behaviors or um, see some students acting up towards the end of the year. And it can be really stressful for us, but also our students. And I know so many of us are exhausted um, and we're almost to that finish line. But I think it's really, really important to think about your end of the year and what activities can you plan for your students to keep them engaged um, and keep them exciting. So now that testing's over, you can kind of think about what you wanna do. And so there are so many different activities that happen at the end of the year, and we are gonna share a couple of them. But I think what is the best part of the end of the year is just sitting down with teachers, reflecting on how the previous school year has gone and what next steps are to come when it comes to end of year. And it's fun too, because it allows you to try things that you might not have tried before. Um, I know when I was teaching, I would always use the end of the year because testing was done as a chance to try something new. Um, it's also a great time because you have those relationships built with your students. So you know them already, where compared if you try something new at the start of the year, you're still trying to get to know your students. You're still trying to figure out who they are and what they like. But now that you've been through a whole school year with them, you have a lot of information and a lot of relationships that you have built with those students. So we're gonna dive in and talk about different end of the year activities that we can use in our classroom. Yeah, so our first one, we did episode two, transi transition boot camps. And this is really, you can go back and listen to episode two where you have the full kind of explanation of what transition boot camps is. So we won't spend a whole lot of time on transition boot camps since we have a whole nother episode. But this is really just spending the time getting the students ready to prepare for the next grade. We always talk about like the beginning of school that's, you know, we have to go through a lot of teaching and reteaching. Well, why wait, right? Why wait until they get there to start teaching? Why don't we start learning prior? We prepare all year academically to move to the next grade level. So how do we get our kids ready to open up lockers on the first day um, that they've never had before, or maybe switching classes or having different teachers or touring the buildings? So many things, so many rules changed, um, teachers change, schedules change. So starting to prepare students for that at the end of the year is a great use of your time. I mean, we all want to do fun things, but we also want to continue to provide value to our, our students, right? So this would be a valuable, but also 
fun way to start engaging students and preparing them for the next level for the teachers. So when you're thinking about doing transition boot camps, reach out to the teachers that are at the grade level above and say, like, what do your kids struggle with the most at that beginning of the year? We had junior high kids make some videos for middle school kids that were coming. Um, there's all kinds of different things that you could do. So check out episode two on transition boot camps, getting kids ready for that next level. And so with transition boot camps, that is more of a few weeks um, kind of activity, but they're quick activities that you can incorporate into your classroom. So those probably take 10 to 15 minutes a day. But again, it is over a longer period of time, which I have seen students gain a lot of confidence and they're more prepared for that next grade level. But if you don't have that time to do something maybe drawn out where it is a multiple different weeks, we do have like an Operation Junior High. And so with Operation Junior High, what happens is we have this kind of scoreboard for students and it's kind of like station rotation. So we have nine different activities where they might be packing up their book bag and trying to organize it within a time frame. They might have to go into a classroom and start working on the agenda. So maybe the teacher's not telling them what to do. They just have to walk in and look at the agenda and know what to do and get ready for class. They have to walk in the hallways by a certain time. So all of these different activities are in this operation boot camp. And as students kind of go through and complete all of the different activities, they get to cross off different activities that they have done and they're able to move on to the next activity and the next activity and so on. And then the team that has the most X's or the first team to finish by the end is the winner. So it's a lot of fun. It keeps students highly engaged. They work in groups of three. Typically the lock station where they're trying to open up like a locker takes the longest, um, but that's just because our students do not have them in middle school. And so when they're going to junior high, they have the option of having a locker. Um, so Operation Junior High can be a really great way for students to um, have different resources there. The next one is FedEx Day, which we talked about in episode 10. This is where students have some type of project. It's probably my favorite project for the end of the year, but they have some type of problem that they're trying to solve. So we walk students through design thinking, and we first have them think about what problem is out there in the world. They think about a user, and then they start to brain dump and brainstorm and research how they can solve this problem. Um, so we've had students on, on episode 10, they share some of their projects in that episode. So it can be a great way to engage students at that end of the day, because it's kind of like a quick passion project or a quick genius hour where students are again, walking through that design thinking process, which is really beneficial. And then they are designing something by the very end. Yeah, and our next one is a project life. And there's so many variations of Project Life, but Project Life is really over a um, few days. So it would be like if you have a math class or a social studies class, and well, I mean, you could do it all in one day if you would like to, or you could do it during one class period over several days, either way. Um, but what it looks like on day one or the time period number one, you would pick a career. So you would take 
type, uh, type a quiz of your interest and look at your career directions and you would calculate your income. So through that, when you pick your career, once you take the career quiz, you would come out and pick three careers um, and take like the top two choices and study those top two choices. What are their average salaries? Um, what, what about that would interest you? So that is kind of what day one consists of. Figuring out then what your salary is. What are your taxes? Your local, your state, your federal. So this is this would be more of like middle school and up that you would do this, maybe probably or even sixth grade and up when you're looking at this day. Um, so looking at that next piece of creating your budget based on what your your monthly income would be. So we also, you know, when we look at our career salaries, starting to let kids know, right? Just because this is the amount of money that you make doesn't mean it's the amount of money that you bring home, right? So creating that budget based on how much taxes are going to come out. Um, do you need to have insurance? What is your transportation bill going to be? What is your insurance bill going to be? What's your power bill at home going to be? What's your mortgage or your rent going to be like? So they're doing all these calculations to create their budget on day two. So the slides will walk them through each of those things. Um, once they have created their budgets, then they're going to go into part three and they're going to purchase a car, purchase the car based on how much they can afford, right? Because kids at this age, they're wanting Lamborghinis. You know, that's, that's what boys want. They want Lamborghinis. Um, they want muscle cars. They want big trucks, $40,000 trucks. And girls want pink, pink pretty Jeeps. And, um, well, not all. I'm, I'm kind of mixing it up saying, but you get the point, right? Kids want big cars, but can they afford big cars? when they're first coming out of college or getting in the game of life. So that's day three. So day four would be, we need to find a home. So we are exploring options of buying, of renting, the area that of the country that we wanna live in. Um, do we wanna live in a city? Do we wanna live in the country? Do we wanna live in urban areas? What are the price ranges within those areas of homes? So if they're thinking about, okay, I really want to move to California and I want to be a teacher in California, what is my salary going to be in California? What is the cost of living like? I've created my budget. What kind of car, what kind of house can I have? So they're kind of like starting to plan each and every little piece out. And now um, on the day five, we get into the financial piece of it. And we talk about like, how do we, how do we pick a bank? How do we put money in a savings account? How much money can we save in three years? How much interest um, does each bank collect? If I go to Chase, is it one interest 
rate. If I go to Bank of America, it's another interest rate. So what is the total that you would be in three years and two and a half years? So it's asking all these questions. So then they get to the summary um, after they've done the bank. So, and they start to reflect. Of course, with every project at the end, we wanna go through the reflection process. Um, what's one thing that this project made me think about? What's thing that one thing that this project surprised me? What's something valuable I learned out of this project? So this project, again, Project Game of Life is to get kids starting to think about the cost of living and put value to those tennis shoes that they're wearing um, and how much money they're going to have to spend when they get older. Because I know my kids, right, when my kids ask for a $150 pair of tennis shoes, they're not thinking about all the bills that mom and dad have. So when they start to think about this, they start to think about the real meaning of money. So this goes way beyond just thinking about your future, but like the money of here and now. So that's Project Life, great project. And I'm sure that you can relate many standards to this project as well, just to continue teaching and engaging kids um, in something interesting at the end of the year. And again, this, this project has many variations. You could give them a certain amount of money and they um, that they have to budget off of if you don't want to do a specific career. So there's lots of things you could do that you could either shorten the, the project or you could lengthen the project. Yeah, what a great way to teach students life skills and kind of get them thinking. I did something similar to Project Life where my kids actually had a million dollars and they had to spend all of it buffer a penny. And we did that at the end of the year and they were all so engaged and just seeing what they bought was really interesting and like where they picked to live, where they picked to go to college, vacation, who they took on vacation with them uh, and what kind of food because they had to plan out a whole week. So those can be a lot of fun activities when you are using like budgeting or teaching kids about life skills. The next yeah, one was they did a vacation one as well, but I didn't yeah. give them a million dollars. They yeah. had to plan plan a vacation <clears throat> that was um, within like a certain amount of money. I know it wasn't a million. I can't remember because that was like 10 years ago, maybe that we did that. But <laughs> it was fun and interesting to like think about too, like what restaurants can we eat? Should we go to McDonald's or can we eat something fancy out while we're on vacation? Yeah, I agree. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, and the kids did a great job with it. So our next one is um, don't fall behind camp. And this one we kind of have developed and we're going to try it out, I believe, soon. Um, and this is where we have our fifth graders because they are standards based grading. And then they're about to go to sixth grade, which changes to grades. And for some kids, that can be very <clears throat> different and very sometimes difficult to understand. So with this don't fall behind camp, students are going to have um, different grades and they have to average and try to figure out what um, and do some math and try to divide to find out what score they got. And after the students kind of get those scores on day two, they begin um, like a peer pressure. So like not falling into peer pressure and there's like a video and some guidelines there. After that, they work on study skills, so like time management and 
making sure that they prioritize different things. They don't have all this missing work. They're organized. And so starting to develop some of those executive functioning skills in those study skill workshops. And then on Friday, they um, will kind of walk through a mock report card and kind of notice what do you see now that there's grades there? Because again, a lot of times it wasn't really out there and that kind of um, stuff. It was just kind of, hey, you got a P that's progressing, which a P can range from pretty much, I feel like a D until a B maybe or an A. <laughs> um, and so it's a wide range when you are using standards-based grading and trying to get that into grades and trying to get the students to understand that if you're missing work, it's going to go in as a zero. Where in standards-based grading, you're able to kind of work on those skills throughout a whole quarter and see what students know and look at all of their different reports. And so that's going to be a really fun one. We're also going to have some special guests from sixth graders share their experience. And I'm excited to give that one a try. We'll see how it goes. Again, we haven't done that one yet, but we do have all the planning ready. And then we're able to take that lesson. I met with a teacher this past week and I was able to say, okay, what do your students need? And then we were able to trim out some of the different activities that she's like, oh, we focused on email all year that my students don't need to work on that. And so it was kind of fun just sitting there kind of like with a menu of different choices. And then we were able to kind of say, okay, what do your students struggle with? For her, it was a lot of like missing work and getting students to prioritize on different things that they do. She was saying like a lot of times they'll kind of multitask. Um, they'll have their assignment up and I ready. <clears throat> and they're trying to do both at the same time. So we were going to talk about that and how to better um, use our time more wisely. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this one. This one's going to be fun. Um, maybe Maybe we're a little bit more excited than the kids will be, but... It's to help, right? It's to help. Um, build a game. So here's another project that we will be doing this year. So game steps, you're going to walk through building a game. So we're going to get students together in a group and they're going to start brainstorming what game they want to build. Is it like a Connect Four type of game or Monopoly? Or is it a video game that they're going to build? So they can get creative. We will have a bucket of supplies. So they will build a mock version of their game. And they will have it all planned out. So they choose their topic after they brainstorm. And they create a game plan. So the game plan is what type of game is it going to be? What will the game be for? Um, what will it have? How many players? What's the, the age range of kids that will play this game? Is it going to be for small kids? Is it going to be for adults? Is it going to be for teenagers? So what's the age range that your game will have for kids? And then you start to build your game after you create your pl plan. In addition to building, now we're going to market the game. So once you've created your game and you build your game, how are you going to sell your game? Um, so we don't often do like a salesman type of job, but how are you going to present your game in the market? Are you going to reach teenagers by a commercial? Are you going to go to sporting events? Are you, how, how will you get the name of your game out there? 
um, so that other kids can learn about it. And then once you've created your product marketing, we will do a gallery walk. Um, if anyone has never done a gallery walk, you're just setting the projects up that are built around the room and each student will go around and look at the other students' projects. Um, we can vote on the games if we want to, if we want to extend it, who had the best game design. We don't have to, it's just an option. Um, or you can leave it as they present their project as students walk around. So it's a great day project where kids get to get creative, um, use some STEM activities. You can use any type of supplies that you want, straws, plates, boxes, string, um, little pieces, balls, anything you want you can think of. Just throw in a supply box and let kids get creative building their game with whatever you have. Um, foil, plastic bags, anything you can really think of to just throw in a hodgepodge of supplies for them to get creative. So that is a game-based day. And that is really fun for the kids to think about because games are big right now. That is their world. You have many students that are way into game games, whether it's video games or whether they're playing games at home with their family, but game-based learning is fun. So let's let them create their own game. Yeah, and then the next um, idea is, what are you wondering? And this was inspired by a student. Um, this past week I was in a classroom and the kid was drinking water and the water went down the wrong pipe. And so he started coughing. And all of a sudden we were just like, why does that happen? Why, you know, like the whole class, you're just like, what, why did you drink that? And why did it go down the wrong pipe? And why, why are you coughing and all this stuff? And so based on that, we were like, oh my gosh, this could be an end of the year fun project for students. So what they do is they kind of pick what they're wondering. And we kind of had like a list, you know, like um, <clears throat> your eye color. Why do people, when they hit their funny bone, why does that hurt? You know, hiccups, nosebleeds. And then I found out that the teacher I was working with never had a nosebleed. And I was just like, what? Like, I thought everybody just had nosebleeds. I um, never had a nosebleed. Really? Never. That's crazy. Like, why is that? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And so we're just going through like this list and we were just talking with the kids and they were like cracking us up with like just all of these things um, that we do. Or why can some people, you know, do this and why do other people can do that? And so based on this, they're going to get a project. And again, it was kind of kid inspired. And then step two, they're going to do a research, kind of like a literature review and kind of look up why and hopefully find some scientific reasoning for some of these ex like things, like why do farts smell or whatever. And then they're going to identify those keywords. They're going to develop their hypothesis and see if their hypothesis was true or false. And then they're going to communicate their results and share with the class. Um, so again, this was like kind of last minute created, but we had so much fun just like sitting there with the kids and just creating that wonder, um, just having them sit there and go, well, why do we do that? Why? And they were just so engaged in the conversation of like, well, why are there tornadoes or why are there earthquakes or whatever? And so I think this will be a fun project 
to get students curious again and to get them excited to learn the outcome of whatever they research. I love this. I want to I want to be invited. Invite <laughs> me to this when you do it. So I want to see all the things they're wondering. <laughs> um because listen, I was my first day back yesterday and there were so many wonders about my eye removal. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to like share some of those. So I will probably um have kids asking me, what are, I'm wondering something about your eye. Like I had a kid ask me yesterday where my sword in my ship was, if I was a real life pirate, <laughs> it was so much fun. So anyway, um, so many projects to do to create a fun end of the year. One of the things we want to mention is the necessities for the projects before we go. Supplies, timers to keep kids on track um, because we also don't want to allow the project fun to get chaotic, right? So a project sometimes is scary for teachers because they have the potential to create this excitement that then can, can get a little bit out of control. So we want to make sure we have some type of wonder wall or roadmap that has those clear expectations and broken down steps, whether it's paper or it's digital on the board for them to be able to see. We wanna be able to, for them to have and follow the steps of the project and having those expectations in place prior to the project. We talk about them, you know, during this section, you are allowed to walk around the room. You are allowed to go pick up your supplies. You do need to keep your voice at a level one, or if you're not keeping your voice at a level one, someone else will have to go get your supplies with you, for you, or will bring your supplies to you. So making sure that you have those expectations in place because project days are wonderful until they get out of control because of the excitement. So we still wanna make sure that we have this project day. It's fun, but it's also structured in a way that it doesn't break out into chaos. So having those clear expectations and breaking down the project into steps to help students is a great way to support the project doesn't get out of control. FedEx, we use the timer a lot. So that's a valuable source. You know, this is you have 10 minutes, you have 20 minutes, you have one minute to brainstorm and brain dump. Whatever that timer looks like, um, that also can, can be something that supports your project from not getting to be chaotic. Having the supplies ready so that you're not looking for them. Having a place in the room, whether it's on a table, all the supplies and kids come up you know, as they need them or during certain times so that you don't have this big rush of students. And now all of a sudden you have 20 students standing around two teachers or even one teacher if you're in the classroom by yourself without a co-teacher or a coach like us. Um, you don't want to be bombarded with kids all of a sudden grabbing and pulling out, out supplies, right? So setting those expectations, I'm going to call you up table by table. I'm going to call you up group by group for your supplies. Um, you put, or maybe you put a classroom cue on the board, but making sure that we plan those expectations and those areas that might be trouble areas that might create a little chaos in your project early 
So that way um, you have a smooth running project day without um, a frustrating ending as a teacher. Anything else that I miss? Yeah, I just think, think ahead and think about different ways that you can incorporate, just like Tara said, all of the material, have it ready, and it will be go a lot smoother than if you kind of wait to do all those things. So really do think about the expectations and communicate those clearly with students. Um, because if you are doing some of these fun activities and you don't go over the expectations, I think students will kind of act up or will have some misbehaviors or they will kind of feel like, oh, I don't want to um, do that or whatever. And so think about that ahead of time of how you can engage your students in these activities and provide those expectations. Yeah. So just to kind of review all the things we talked about, we had transition boot camp which we have a full episode on episode two. We have Operation Junior High, um, which is like a shortened version of that transition boot camp with some of the same skills, but formatted in a different way. We have FedEx Day, and that's building that project, and that's passion project type of project. And um, that we have a full episode on episode 10. We have Project Life, which is you know, picking that career and learning how to budget and variations of that with planning vacations, if I had a million dollars. So many ways to get those math skills in and also think about our financial literacy that, you know, sometimes our kids come out of school without that financial literacy because that's not in some of our math standards. So this is a great time for that. Our don't fall behind camp that we're getting ready to do, um, kind of creating some contests and, and making sure kids are getting their work up to date. We have that game-based day, which you're building a game, whether it's a video game or it's a game, but we're building and displaying our game. And what are you wondering? A day of wonder and exploration. So that are some, those are, excuse me, those are some end of year projects. There's many more. This is just a small, um, small array of end of year projects. If you have an end of year project that you would love to share with us, please do, because we're always looking for more and we'd always like to try something out for you. If you're nervous to try it out, we would definitely be willing to try things out for you if you have some ideas. And as usual, like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And until next time, control the chaos. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos. Until next time.